Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Refreshing. Welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast number 165 for Tuesday. It's a Tuesday we're doing this again. We just did one. Uh, June 18th, 2019. Almost summer. The last springtime. See you podcast at Ian Ferguson. Hi. I'm Pat Contry. We'll be talking about the Mega SD from Terra Onion. Dr. Mario World gets a release date in a, in a trailer slash instruction manual. A new NWC found. And sold? It was sold? Um, I guess it was sold when it was found. Um, Atari VCS article. That'll be lovely from our, our friend. Uh, uh, maybe a Tales from the Game Store. A Patreon poll poll topic. Q&A. Ian, have you been enjoying Cadence of Hyrule? I, I have. Yes. I uh, picked that up. Um, <clears throat> immediately when it came out, I really liked the original game, um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um, that they did. Uh, that, was, that was released in 2015. And it's a roguelike... Uh, rhythm game. It's a dungeon crawler, but you move through the spaces on the beat. So one, two, three, four, one, two, and it brings up a um, it, it increases an attack multiplier. So the original game that they did, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, was just that. It was you know it was a randomized dungeon crawler, and there was lots of different stuff you could get and find and do. Cadence of Hyrule um, is a fairly remarkable. Um, and how it does more than that, but also the fact that um, Nintendo gave their property to uh, an indie game company, uh, a Canadian indie game company. Okay. I mean, they've never done that before. Uh, well, they've, they've licensed Zelda. Yes, not to an indie, not, not I, indie. I know, but not an indie game company. Um, and re- the people they licensed it to were bigger. It was like Capcom or Philips at the time. Okay. Um, uh, that worked out. Philips worked. Yeah, yeah that, that worked out great. Um, so basically they take the concept of Crypt of the Necrodancer and they put it in a top-down Zelda. Um, you can play as either Link or Zelda. Um, and you explore an overworld and dungeons like you would in a normal Zelda game. Uh, but when there's enemies on screen, the rhythm part takes over and that's how you fight all the enemies. Um, and then when it's not, you can just move around uh, like you would in a uh, typical mystery dungeon uh, roguelike game. You can actually take, you can actually turn the rhythm mode off completely if you don't want to deal with the rhythm game aspect of you it. Just play it, and normal. you can just play it as a turn-based uh, dungeon crawler. Basically, one of those dungeon crawlers where you move, they move, you move, they okay. move, you move, one space at move. a time. Yeah, one okay. space at a time. Because um, that's more or less how the game plays out when you're playing it with uh, the rhythm mode on. It's every beat is a turn. You can choose to skip one if you want, but uh, every beat is a is a move on the uh, the map. Um, it's neat. There's there's all the traditional Zelda bosses are in it. You know, the multi-headed dragon is there, only this time it has, like, Glockenspiel armor um, and stuff like that. So, uh, 
yeah, it's really neat and it's hard. Um, it's not like crazy long. It doesn't seem like this review says five hours. Um, but given the fact that a lot of that stuff is randomly shuffled up every time you start a new game, um, you can play it. It's roguelike. You can play it multiple times. Well, that's pretty cool. So when like a moblin throws a spear is one space at a time, that goes yep. like, dum, yeah. dum, so you can, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like there's there's enemies that will throw the spears and they will like, you'll see the target on the ground so, you know, you can get out of the way in time. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. All the different uh, enemies have different patterns and stuff to learn. Um, the soundtrack by um, Danny Baranowski or Baranow is it with an F Baranowski um, is fantastic. It's really good. It's I normally don't like I don't listen to video game music outside of video games like stuff that was actually written for it. But uh-huh. this I would listen to. Um, it's very very good. So yeah, that anyways that's what I've been doing is playing and, that. And the graphic style is like linked to the past sort of graphic style, sixteen bit ish. It's sixteen yeah, it bitish. It's yeah. done. It's done in the crypt of the necro dancer style. And uh, but for a Zelda comparison, Link to the Past would be closest, right? Any of the overhead yeah. ones, yeah. Okay, now I'll check it out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know Nintendo liked what they did before with their other game. What's the indie company's name? It's uh, Brace Yourself Games. Brace Yourself Games. That's a funny one. Um, and so obviously they probably were looking at builds and giving them guidance along the way. They're not just going to put out whatever, and you know. So that's good. It's it's a change of pace. Eventually, we're gonna get that. Uh, we're gonna get that Zelda uh, racing game. Uh, we haven't filled that genre out yet. Yet um, there, just you know, we'll do that one. And what else is missing from the Zelda games? Uh, Zelda Fighter. Smash is not good enough. It's just Zelda people. I want to. I want. I want to fight as a. Fight as an Octorok. Why not? Zelda Tennis, a sequel to Mario Tennis. Zelda Tennis. There you go. Zelda Golf. <laughs> Fill out the roster. I want I want to swing as a tech type. I want to swing the clubs. <laughs> um, so I don't usually look extremely rested for the podcast. Um, in general, working on a super super Nintendo guidebook late nights, but um, I haven't shaved as you've noticed. I usually like to shave the morning up or at least the night before the podcast. Recently, uh, my hot water heater went uh, Saturday night. We're recording on a Tuesday. Um, Want to take a shower? Usually, the symptoms of uh, no hot water heater, or it's, or it's, you know something's wrong. Not not a lot of hot water coming out, or it's, it's like lukewarm. Something's going on. That's a, so, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. So I I go over to the hot water heater, and then I see there's a basin. First of all, I looked at the temperature thing to make sure it's not some ghost would have put it on lower off because I'm an idiot who would have done that. And then I looked at the basin that it's sitting in, and it's there's water filled up to the top, so it leaked, and when it leaked you're done i don't know why a hot water heater leaks i asked my father for some knowledge on that on F- father's day and he gave me some bs father answered that you know like dad i'm not seven it's not working I, mean, the thing I can think of is the steam builds up and it causes the steam builds up steam yeah it's not, i don't think it's hot enough in there to be, for there to be steamy <laughs> well i think it should be <laughs> it should be but um anyway so um the the bad news in all this this affects uh, my nes collection my mike tyson standee was stood up not not far enough away so that the hot water heater basin, which is like, we'll say about five inches high, the water busted over, through and damaged the, the bottom probably three and a half, four inches of my Mike Tyson punch out standing. Unfortunately. Damaged a relic. It's like it's like the it's like an original painting getting spray painted. Um so on the bottom white white letters you have that nice brownish water damage on mm. on the bottom. So 
so I immediately, of course, first things first, what's most important, I blew, blew dry off the Mike Tyson's punch out of the bottom because so, you don't want the cardboard, corrugated cardboard to separate in the bottom of it. And it's damaged, but it, whatever, it's fine. I'm not, if it was a pat from five years ago, I would have went nuts and threw something through the walls. You could attest to that. I was like, okay, whatever. So I have home warranty insurance. Not homeowner's insurance, that's different. Homeowner's insurance is like if your roof caves in, something happens, a tree falls on your on your pet, or you know, uh, if someone slips and falls and, and they can sue while doing a podcast or something, that's what homeowner's insurance is for. Home warranty insurance is like for like appliances, water heater, dishwasher, your AC, things like that. You know. Um, so I call them up, give them a call, some some you know, and and you hear bad things about home warranty insurance usually. Uh, it's advertised on TV. It's hit or miss. They try to jerk you around a little bit or not cover things. But, you know, I put in a claim on Saturday. They said, oh, okay, someone's going to call you on Sunday. No one called on Sunday. The contractor didn't call on Sunday. I tried calling the contractor directly. They weren't open. They, the, the contractor, they assigned the plumbing per- people, called me back Monday morning to set up to come on out. And even beforehand, I did my research on the, the contractor, the plumbing company. I looked, up the, I looked up the Yelp reviews. Oh, boy, were they not good. Oh, when you, when you see that nice one and a half out of five stars review, it's like, oh, this is going to be something. And what people were saying is, that, oh, they overcharge for things that aren't needed. And I'm like, okay, now I know what, what I have going in. I know what, what uh, to expect. So the guy shows up. Uh, he looks at the hot water heater. First I ask, can you just bring a hot water heater with you? Because it's you can't really repair these. They're they're, they're like five $600. Just replace them. I mean, you, might, you can't really repair them. Just replace them. Um, so Because it was past. It was like a 10-year-old water heater anyway. So they said, no, no, we have to diagnose it first. I'm like, oh, here we go. We have to diagnose it. Guy comes out and says, yeah, we got, to, we got to replace it. But we also have to replace everything around the hot water heater. We have to replace um, the supply lines, the gas line uh, fitting, uh, some, some flu pipe, and, and the drain pan, and, and something else, top line. I can't read it. So I expected this. But so I started to question the guy, like, why can't we use what's there? I mean, it's not like it's bad materials. It's not like, uh, you know, the 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 the, the metal uh, supply water line is going to be bad. Why do you have to replace that? They're they're if anything, you just replace the fitting on the end. I'm not a total total idiot when it comes to this stuff. I'm not a handyman, but I know a teeny teeny bit. And he says, no, no, we just got to replace it. I'm like, okay, this is how they make money. I understand contractors have to make money for the time because uh, the hot water heaters, you know, they're not. I'm not buying that that's coming from the insurance but holy shit so he gave me the prices for everything and i looked them up um like the drain pan you think you i don't know why you need a new drain pan it's a fucking pan that your your that your furnace sits in um 70 i was quoted i looked it up at home depot for a plastic 120 bucks um and then the supply lines you know he said oh we need stainless steel supply lines and i looked at the ones on top of my water heater they looked pretty stainless steely to me. They, they didn't look like they were made out of like 50-year-old uh, 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 iron. And so uh, I was quoted $100. Those are about 30 bucks to get those. Again, I understand labor's got to get paid for it some way, but you, I thought that would be reimbursed through the home warranty and that I wouldn't be paying this bullshit stuff. So it's going to cost me about $500 uh, to get my hot water heater replaced, which is about what a hot water heater costs. So they got a nice scam worked in where I can't tell them to go fuck themselves and buy my, my own hot water heater because then I still have to pay the labor of the plumber to come and install it, which would probably be a couple hundred dollars.
But then again, the plumber probably wouldn't give me the bullshit about you got to replace everything around it. But maybe you would. So this they got this figured out, this nice racket, where I'm still saving money, uh, but I'm still getting screwed in the butt at the same time with this home warranty. And again, this isn't the home warranty, people. I don't think this is just the the contractor taking advantage of rubes like us and bending us over. Um, so they are the, the scumbags contractors of the week, but I still need my hot water heater. But you know what, Ian? Uh, a bucket bath isn't terrible. Bucket bath, fill up a, a, you know, a dollar store bucket. And you know what? I'm going to get a little into, you know, into water conservation right now. I only use half the bucket when I showered. You only use about probably, only need probably like two, two gallons of water, <laughs> a gallon and a half of water to shower and, and for our hair. And we're wasting so much water in the shower. But yes, it is nice to feel that hot water in a first world nation come down on you and soothe your your achy yoga muscles but anyway so um yeah so be very careful with your home warranty insurance not your homeowners your home warranty insurance because you can get stuck like me here and then uh, oh yeah, oh and and plus they charge this is always a good sign when they charge you three percent on top for when you use your credit card to pay that's what they uh on my credit card authorization form that's what uh and i don't know why i gotta fill out a credit card authorization form i never had to do that before uh with anyone because usually that's in person. So yeah, not a great company to deal with. And if they fuck with me, I'll, I'll, I'll even more. I'll ask blast them on the next podcast. So all right. You, if you, any, you have any uh, experience with home warranty? No, no, I do not. Okay. All right. We're gonna. Oh, I'm gonna be at too many games this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow night. I don't. I don't know how it's already upon me. Um, and that's gonna be uh, at too many games.com. Well, information at too many games.com. In uh, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Oaks, PA, June 21st to 23rd. Come out and see me on, on uh, my panels on Sunday. I'll be talking about an uh, upcoming uh, book. I'll be talking about Not For Resale documentary. I'll be showing a clip from it. Um, uh, Kevin, the director, edited down our 41-minute conversation. It was me, uh, Kelsey from Pink Gorilla, and Frank Cifaldi. We had a 41-minute basically conversation free-flowing and so that's going to be i think like a blu-ray extra but i'm gonna probably show like a 10-minute version of that conversation we talk about like game preservation and physical media where the future of game collecting is going and all that and i'll be showing that off and uh yeah you can just say hi and maybe do the play the punk challenge there and then uh i'll get to see my parents and my and my sister then uh after the event and aj our our pal aj that i speak about side pocket sociopath side pocket aj uh Actually, I he actually called me. I think like an hour before I put the uh, super side pocket review into the the, the work document. So like it was fate. Mm. It was fate. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on with this good old CU podcast that doesn't need a hot water heater. All right, so we'll come hot out the gate with uh, this announcement. Um, Terra Onion, uh, a um, company, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Never heard of them until yesterday, uh, or two days ago. Came out with an item called the Mega SD. Um, the Mega SD is, if it does what it says, this thing is impressive. Um, so it's an FPGA on a cartridge, essentially. This is a flash cart that you can use on your Genesis for not just Genesis ROMs. It'll also do Master System ROMs. It'll okay. do Game Gear ROMs. Okay, okay. But it will also do 32X and Sega CD. Okay. That's wild. Because then at that point, you're it's not just, you know, ROMs that, like a flash card, it's now building in coding to order to interpret and add on the functionality of hardware to the Sega Genesis yep. through the cartridge. That's where it's impressive. Yep. 
Exactly. So, and we spoke about them before, by the way. Did we? The Super CD System Three. Oh, that's them. Okay, so yeah. they've got. Okay, so they've got some background here, and the Super CD System Three was well reviewed. Um, so this is, I think it's my buddy actually ordered one the minute they got put up. Um, I think it's like two eighty five shipped is what he said it Woo! is, and I believe they ship in August. But yeah, this is pretty incredible for the. Um, price you you can have that's a big saving um you know for a a good working condition sega cd um you're looking at probably about 200 right now well this is how they advertise it really 200 dollars for a working one it's gone up for uh, maybe not a model two model one though is definitely it used to be about 100 120 something like that not anymore um, the, they advertise that the ultimate accessory for Genesis slash Mega Drive, complete FPGA rec- recreation of the entire Mega CD slash Sega CD hardware into a plug-and-play cartridge. Again, you're basically adding on the hardware on a cartridge, the coding, so to speak. So plays both ISOs, bin plus Q, and ROMs. Uh, RAM-based cartridge for instant boot. That's good. We don't get that load-up screen. I want the load-up screen. Man, I wanted to hear that. If it's a load-up screen. Uh, compatible with all original, region-free patch Mega CD slash Sega CD BIOS. Okay, you probably got to supply, supply your own BIOS. Uh, is that what that's saying right there? Hmm? Uh, supports Mega Drive, Sega CD, Mega CD, Master System, and 32X games. Requires a 32X add-on, though, Ian, it says. So you're going to have to plug that, plug the, the this FPGA cart into the uh, 32X. So it's not actually coding that in. Uh, there uh, entirely uh looks like um compatible with the analog mega sg that's good save states so you get the all the emulation stuff uh emulation qualities you want there's an uh, interface for navigating your collection with screenshots genre year and description so again that's stuff you can get with uh with some flashcards have that you don't huh? need it doesn't look like you need to Provide your own BIOS. Oh, I'm just I'm looking at. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so it's compatible with all original region-free patch. Yeah. So any. Of I'm the not ones, sure what that means. I, I think um, it's just any. Like for instance, if I load up my flash cart now, I can load up different BIOSes for Sega CD. Okay, so if you want so, to get the different load up yeah. language for 1.1 1. 1 or whatever. Um, okay, so this is going to use a, a micro SD card. It supports up to a 400 gig, which you're going to need potentially if you want all those Sega CD games on because they're not small. You know, once you get into CD stuff, you're talking these games probably be anywhere from from 400 to 700, you know, uh, megabytes. And then there's Sega CD games that have two or three, starting with four. Um, so at that point, no, uh, Scotty Pippen, I think that I think Slam City is four discs. The 32x version of it? Oh, just the regular one. Okay. Um. Yeah. Now think about it. I think the the Night Trap 32x one is. A couple anyway so here's the point is that 400 gig yeah you wouldn't need that for just a genesis library but now you're, if you if you want everything every sega cd game you're gonna need that 400 gigs it's gonna add up uh pretty quickly uh there so um yeah and then it all oh, enhanced mega uh, drive uh, games with cd audio that's really really nice as well then i think i, I think i saw something about that you also get the um the uh, the enhanced uh, master system sound. I think I, I saw that as yeah, well. Yeah, it's in there. Um, from, yeah, the, from the Japanese from one, which you to get here. So, 232, uh, is that euros or pounds? There. Do euros, the, I think. Do the, he, heroes? Euros. Euros? Euros? Euros. I want a euro right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, 
this uh, this will sell pretty well. I can picture this being a good combination to the uh, the analog uh, Mega SG. Yep. You know, at that point, you're spending four hundred and seventy five bucks. Uh, but at that point, you should be you should be pretty yeah. But much you wouldn't set. really need anything else either. No, the only the only bad part is you know again it, it's a lot more difficult to find the ISO. I mean, I haven't looked lately, but. You know, you can download all the, the Genesis ROMs probably fairly easily, even if you want to just pick and choose certain ones. But I'm sure most people that get this will b- want probably everything loaded up sure. on it. Or, or like 50, say, so you can, then you got to go out and find a torrent or find a site that has the ISOs and download them. And that's going to take a bit more time than downloading. You know, you can download every Sega Genesis ROM in like probably, you know, 10 minutes on a decent, you know, uh, connection. Found them. You found them? Yeah. You found all the ISOs? Yeah, Sega CD ISOs. Hey, one, well, don't, one, don't say the website. Don't get one, us in trouble. One, one second. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. So I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Allegedly, <laughs> of course, you got to own all the original. Well, yes. So of course, only, yeah. You can, only play, you can only play backups. Wink. So uh, are you excited, Ian, for this? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to checking it out in August when uh, when my friends ships. And again, yeah, uh, your let's see, was that it's two hundred sixty U.S. dollars if that's euros? He said it was two eighty something shipped. Oh, right shipped. Here. So it cost twenty bucks shipped. Okay, yeah. it makes sense. All right, and then yeah, I think that was euros, not pounds. I always get this. The euro has an e in it. It's the euro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the a pound. E. A pound is like a, a weird squiggly it's a thing. Squiggly L. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wish I knew what I was talking about. It's the sterling. The pound sterling. Uh. So, uh, yeah, anything else to add? Did I did I just cover most of the stuff here? Yeah, we did. It's supposed to be your topic. I, I talked about it, and then you ran with it. I, I ran with I, I I spiked the ball. We got it. But but the interesting thing about this is it, if this could uh, be applied in the future in order to emulate other CD-based systems like they did with the Super... Like, well, they, they they're did. doing it. Yeah. The Super CD System 3, which I don't know if you know anyone who ever got that. Uh, it's out of stock right now, actually. The Super CD System 3. That came out, I think we talked about it last year uh, there. I know someone online who got it, and they said it was very, very good. And they also have, for, they have a, well, they have a Neo, they also have MVS uh, flash cartridge, uh, which was the first one. So they're doing good stuff. The Terra Onion. Interesting name. Sounds like a hearty meal, something. Earthy onion. Something, something you find at the Outback? Yeah. Get our blooming onions! Yeah, I'm the Terra Onion at the Outback! <laughs> they always get guys that do an Australian accent, but they don't get real Australians to do those commercials for, like, Outback Steakhouse. Sorry. That's a pet peeve of mine. Anyway, okay. Uh, so, all right. So, look forward to uh, Ian's, uh, Ian's review of this, maybe in uh, Wednesday or, or September. That'll be Ian's debut video, like, full 20-minute video reviewing it. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Unlikely. Okay. Uh, Ian, sir, uh, we're we're fans of Doctor Mario. I do like Doctor Mario. I, I like Doctor Mario. I'm, 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 I I think it's more of a charming game than Tetris, and I personally I'm a lot better at Doctor Mario than Tetris. So for those, that reasons, I gravitate more towards a Doctor Mario. Uh, so we knew about Doctor Mario World being in in the in the wings to come out as a mobile, one of those dirty mobile games, Ugh, mobile. Ugh. But now. Nintendo's coming out, coming out with more information. They came out with a Welcome to Dr. Mario World uh, YouTube uh, trailer, so which explains uh, how the game functions. So first of all, it's going to come out first. Uh, it's going to come out July 10th for iPhone and Android devices. It's a match three puzzler. 
Which I guess what originally what Dr. Mario kind of was. Yes, it was. I mean... The original... Was it the original match three? Or was that Columns? Was was Columns a three or four? I forget with Columns. Columns was get colors in a line three. Three, Was Puzzle Bobble three? Puzzle Bobble's Connect three. So, so, okay. Um, This is not a match three like Bejeweled, which is what I think people immediately think. So what this does is uh, the new Dr. Mario world, uh, instead of uh, pills falling into a pit... Basically, it goes upwards like a puzzle bobble or something like that. Which so, makes sense because your finger's usually on the bottom of sure. your phone. So, it's um, reversing it. Instead of the pills automatically falling, or at least um, you know falling very fast, it shows you basically grab the pill that's in at the bottom of the screen. So let's say it's a blue pill, and you drag it onto the screen, and it will start floating up to the mm-hmm. enemies. And as it's moving, it looks like you can actually spin it while it's moving. And you still move it. And yeah, drag it. and still move it and drag it around. So some of these levels are showing, you know, a lot of like blocks and tricky places and the um, viruses beyond them. Uh, it looks like it's going to not only be like a puzzle game, but also there's a little bit of dexterity to that there too to get probably yeah. get it done in the um, your fingertips gonna get a workout in the in the in the uh, minimum amount of moves. Yeah, and, and so the goal is still to clear all the viruses, but now you have a you have a certain number of capsules. That you can do it in. Yeah, so there's, it's a, pro- there's a there's a move limit, which I guess you have to because now it was, being that you can move these suckers any way you want, you got to provide some challenge, or there'd be no challenge really to do this. And what's interesting about this is, is that um, that after if if part of a capsule gets used, if the one still remaining, you can then drag that piece elsewhere too. Yeah, it's looking so, like you can basically you can, yeah. move everything. So so you can use so 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 if you just match uh, say three yellows and they disappear in the, in the blues on the other side, you can drag that blue to some blue guy, blue virus and get rid of that. It looks like there's bombs uh that you could clear. There's there's turtle shells. So there's you know it, it changes up the formula a little bit more cuz cuz we're in a, a mobile world. You have to do that. We can't be just bored with regular stuff. And um and you can get different doctors with unique skills. Yeah, you can get uh, Dr. Luigi, Dr. Peach, and uh, Dr. Yoshi, I think. And Dr. Toadstool. Oh, all right. Little, little Dr. Toadstool. And they have different powers, uh, looks like. that. Yeah. So, And there's different worlds that you can go in. So you build up your cute little staff. Uh, looks like that Yoshi can eliminate three objects at random, for example. That's what they show here. And then... Uh, a peach can clear one calm at random, so it gives you a little a uh, little incentive to use these other other guys out. I mean, this is this is uh, for the casual person on the go or on the toilet that you know you don't want to get stuck. So that's exactly what this is all about. So it's free to play, and um, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> it's free to play, and so basically, it says that there's going to be 169 levels to start, um, but you can only attempt them. So many times, um, you basically have like a heart meter before and... you pay with hearts. Yeah, yeah, and hearts are basically your energy. And if you run out of hearts, then you have to wait for them to slowly refill. So it's that tried and true method of you can play for free, but you can't play whenever you want. Essentially, you can't play for an long... hour and a half straight. Yeah, you can't play for as long as you want. Um, they will sell diamonds uh, in this game um, with for real money, and the diamonds can be used as hearts. Um, as well as what else can they you can buy? Every, but diamonds is the currency, so you can. So diamonds is the you, currency. You can for buy. Everything. You can buy the the other doctors uh, with that. Um, you buy the you buy the hearts. Um, so, like for example, uh, five hearts is ten diamonds. 
60 minutes of infinite play, it was 30 diamonds. So in this currency, 30 diamonds is about $3, just to give you an idea. They're about 10 cents each from when you look at the cost. So everyone out there that might have been $10 for a mobile game, I now wish this was $10 because I have a feeling people are, people are going to spend a lot more than $10 playing this game over its life, potentially. Possibly. I mean, if, you pay, it's, if it's basically $3 an hour for infinite play for that's uh yeah. And then you can also, I think it's for also for more tries at a, a, a single stage use diamonds for as well. So this is why I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind paying money for a game and then not worrying ever again about it because if people get into it, so yeah, they're going to spend more money than they think, uh, but that's, but that's how this model works. And Nintendo's going to make a billion dollars. This is going to make a hell of a lot more than uh, Super Mario Run because of that, I think. Um, I think so, too. Uh, I enjoyed Super Mario Run. I would always yeah, I like prefer it. to pay for a game than have it um, than have it free to play. There are very few instances I can think of. And honestly, Pokemon Go does a pretty decent job of it. Um, but, yeah, I think it looks good regardless. I'll, I'll try it. I just will see if the free-to-play thing ends up scaring me away. Like a virus. Like a virus. It attaches to you because... Nintendo figured out anyone can download this, kids or anyone, and, and plus the more people download it, it gets recommended in the app store. So you can try it, then whatever, just spend a couple bucks here and there. It's, it's no big deal. We got the cure for you. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of disheartening. I'd rather just get the option to pay ten, even fifteen bucks, and then not to worry about it again. Um, it looks fun though. Are you into games like this usually? Yeah, I said I'm going to try it. They're sort of like goofy. Like they're 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 challenging, but not. I guess I would say you're just moving around and just matching colors. It, it's it's like a basal instinct that just put colors together and they explode and disappear, and you feel good about yourself. I love doing that. I love making exactly. colors explode. That's why I, I love bust a move slash puzzle bobble. Hmm. I love that sort of thing. Is there is there is there a, is there a puzzle bobble on the App Store? There's got to be. There's yeah. a, there's a cat version at least. There's like a cat bust a move game that I know. I'm almost least. positive there's an official version here. But there's but there's so many knockoffs because you can't you know you can't like copyright just like a puzzle bobble type game at this point. But um all right so uh, Doctor Mario World again comes out on July 10th about a month before Ian's birthday. Yeah, just about. Or August 9th? August 9th. I remember that. See? Woo! Or ninth. We're three months apart. Three months of what? Three years apart? Something like that. I'll be 37. Two, two years. Two years. Three months apart. All right. Um, oh, and there's Dr. Bowser in uh, as well. I forgot about that. It's like a boss fight. Uh, but no, I think you can use him or get him. It even says in the article it's a boss fight. Oh. <laughs> but he's a doctor. Why would you fight another doctor? I don't know because he's a bad doctor. I, I would trust Dr. Bowser. No. no, I feel like he probably abuses a sports license. A sports license? Yeah. He, he's, he's shooting people up with performance-enhancing <laughs> yeah. drugs? Yeah. PEDs? Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, so another, there's like a third NWC cart that's come about the past like two and a half months. Is there yeah. a conspiracy? This is wild. And I would Pat's worried about the value of his game dropping. I figured, I, I when I was first alerted to this, I thought it was... Um, you know, another a sign of like you know people getting getting frisky and letting them go, but it's not. This is a new one. It's a new one. This is posted on our favorite website that was recently sold Nintendo Age. Uh, po- posted by 
Uh, Armageddon Potato, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> um, hey, guys, I just got the phone with a friend of mine who, bu- who buys and resells storage units. He just sent me pics claiming he had uncovered this. And it's pictures of a scraped-off gray NWC card. The label's gone, and there's some uh, there's some writing on there, which is hard to read. And it's an NWC. I think it says Rooster Pepper. Rooster Pepper? <laughs> I'm just making something up. On the back, it says Chris. Yes. Looks like it says Chris. So, um, and then there's pictures of the board there. It's an, it's an NWC cart and pictures of it being turned on. Uh, so, uh, so someone struck, uh, some gold in a storage unit. You don't know, you don't know what they paid for a storage unit. You don't know if it was a hundred dollars, a hundred fifty, a thousand dollars that the storage wars show has sort of exposed the business and more, more people got into it. From what I hear, storage units used to be 30, uh, $50. I see a spider crawling on my mesh system games. Um, but now storage units that typically would be dirt cheap now can cost hundreds of dollars and it's more of a gamble. But if you find an NWC cart you weren't expecting, you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You yeah. can, don't worry about the lawn chair crap that you'll have problem selling or the or the busted up lawnmower that someone put in, into the storage unit, right? Who cares? Yeah, you could sell this. Um, so I, I guess the, the first question I'm going to ask is, you know, um, obviously what's the value of a, what, this is now the third labelless NWC card. You're the famous one with Mario. Mario. Right? There's another one that has no label, and now you have this the scraped label one. We'll just call it the scrape the scrape label. So, um, Ian, what what do you think? Being that uh, we know that the one uh, went under the radar for thirteen and a half grand. We know one sold for I think around twenty or a little over. I think went a little over twenty. I think it was like twenty three or twenty four on a private sale. In this weird sort of. Uh, age now with WADA and, P- and other outsiders getting into the industry, uh, comics people, what do, what do you think one of these could go for on, on the open market? I, I, one of the labelless NWCs. I don't know. I would say that it could get at least as much as the one that sold for 13.5 or 13. Um, I'd say it's probably 15K. 15, wow. I don't know. I mean, Busted I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think Do you think this one, uh, someone's postulated between 8 and 12? I, I think... It's going to be the question of, is there more notoriety to like the ones like the Mario one that everyone knows about, or do you want one that's actually in good condition and not bad and bad condition? And it goes back to this is the thirtieth time I'm saying it that there's no grading system when it comes to carts. When it comes to these video game carts, there's no like th- this is poor condition. This is a, a point five label out of ten, right? Most NWCs you see will be at least a three or a four or five, and some get up to like seven or eight. And there's a couple that are really clean. If you want to say they're like a nine, you know. So this is a this is a point five. This is a, this is a comic book with the with the cover ripped directly off. Well, it, it's tough for me to have a guess as to what it would go for since that last one didn't really sell for what it probably would sure. have. So it'll probably be less than what a, obviously a good one will go for. Say ten grand at least easily. I'd say easy ten at this point. Sure. It's a very punk rock NWC. Punk rock. So on Nintendo Age, um, there they actually I didn't know this. There's there's a there's a there's a graph that tracking all the numbers of the NWCs from one to three fifty, color coded with in green which ones are confirmed. I didn't know they had this before. Which ones are um, confirmed with a with a blurry photo? Which ones are confirmed with no photo? Which ones are rumored? So according to this now. This makes this the 78th confirmed copy of a gray NWC out of the, out of the 350. So that's a survival rate of uh, Pat Math 8 over 35. What is that? 20, 20%? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. No, no, seven. I no what? It's like twenty percent. No, twenty. Seven, it's, it's, yeah, it's 20%. It's, it's a little, little okay. around yeah. 20 to 23%, something like that. So what's interesting, though, is that this doesn't take into account that most likely 26 of the grays were cannibalized for the gold. Most likely. That, that would, probably makes, makes sense to do that, not create new boards for it. So really, then, when you look at, when you look at it like that, there's three, let's say there's 350, and they say that because I guess the highest number that's confirmed is 348. It's been found, so it's probably 350. So... You have then seven. Now I'll just do real math. So let's just say there's. Let's say they made 350 total, and that includes both gold and the gray, uh, there because they cannibalized it. So um, we'll do the pat math here. So 78 gray plus 26 gold. Excuse me. How many remain of the 26? I think it's 13 or 14. We'll just say 14. I think it's 14. 14 plus 78. 92 confirmed NWCs that still exist divided by 350. That's 26% that we know still exist. Hmm. That's a decent number for something like that. Yeah, it is. It's a decent number. Uh, obviously, there'll be more that come out. You're never, I don't think you're going to get to 50% ever at this point, since ones will probably destroy it and throw it out during the competition. Maybe you get up to 30, 32%. Maybe you get, a little, get to 100, get yeah. to 30%, something like that at this point. But the, the fact that they, we've found a few, though, the past within six months is kind of weird uh, like that. Uh, so. By the way, what, uh, what I thought was Rooster Pepper is absolutely uh, Rad Racer. Rad Racer? Yeah. It says, it, it, looking at it now, it's you can see it says uh, Mario, Rad Racer, and Tetris written on it. So someone scraped off the label, which takes a lot of work for an NES card. Well, and they didn't um, succeed very well either. I'm just saying, just to write the three games that are on the cartridge. They really didn't like that there wasn't a description, I guess, on the NWC label. I guess so. And with that, they cost this eventual reseller, a storage unit seller, probably like five to ten grand at least by doing that. But it still found money, right? It still found money. Um, so um, I, I'm not into storage units. I, I know people that swap meet that, that have done it before. Um, this is, you know, this could be a, this could happen again. It could not happen. You know, it depends. People are trying to postulate: is this one of the uh, Chris winners, one of the 90 Chris's, I think there was like three or four Chris's out of the 90 that, that were the, the finalists. So was this one of those Chris's? Uh, I think at this point it'd be hard to know uh, at this point. But uh, I, I imagine this will go up for, seeing being that storage people flip the stuff, this is going to go up for auction probably over the next month or so. Or a private sale. Because sometimes private sales go for more because people want to make sure they get it. You know. It's the truth. Mine was a private, both of mine were a private sale. Actually, private dancer dancing for money. Do what you want me to do. Anything else to add, Ian? Uh, after that, nah, just a little Tina. All right, just a little Tina. Flex Pro Meals, Ian. We're proud to partner with them and to eat their yummy meals. Flex Pro Meals is a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep their goal isn't to give you salad but epic recipes entrees you may grow up on but they make healthier yummier versions of ian what have you been eating lately from flex pro meals baked fish and chips that's been a good one chicken really and good. dumplings been enjoying that as well um, backyard barbecue is always a delicious one i took the one off off my rotation you enjoying that one right now i was that one i worked in the, the breakfast burritos is tasty for yeah. for breakfast burrito and then and now I'm salivating. Smoked brisket mac always gets a job done for me. Yep. And then the staple has become for me 
just grilled chicken with sweet potatoes with some veggies chicken and pots so, some some uh some roughage there mm. and it's good it's good eating um there's also other ones like beef stroganoff uh like, like you said there's the asian dishes as well thrown in there and there's like i said there's a good rotation every month or two they'll they'll swap out a few lesser performing ones maybe or ones that you know seasonal uh so right now you can get 20 percent off your first order use code cu podcast when you visit flexpromeals.com it's convenient uh, it's good for when you get back from the gym, take it to work. Uh, you know, just don't over microwave it in your workspace. Microwave, you know, you're, that'd be bad for people, yeah. potentially. Uh, be respectful. Again, 20% off your first order. Use code CUPODCAST when you visit FlexProMeals.com. Ian. Patrick. We're fans of the Register. We are. At the, least their coverage of the VCS has been fantastic. We're, fa- we're big fans of Kieran McCarthy out of San Francisco. I owe Kieran McCarthy, let's see, San Francisco, a clam chowder bowl. I think I own with some sourdough bread. <laughs> so, sourdough bowl. This is uh, the second time Mr. McCarthy has written about. Third. The, third time? Because the, there was the first time. Then there was the second time where he had to bring back the uh, interview because they were saying oh, okay. he was just trolling. This is the third time he's talking about the, the, the great VCS console. So we feel a little VCS. kinship with Mr. Kieran McCarthy. So it, it was at GDC last year with with the hotel suite thing. Yes. Where he saw the model and then yeah. uh, the, he didn't get straight answers out of the people presenting him. Uh, you know, like, what is this? And there they couldn't give him any answers. Yeah. Basically. So, but he's back again, Mr. McCarthy. So he, he wrote a good article here, um, and it brings up some very good points, some stuff that we have not uh, brought up ourselves. And it's a cheeky article again. It is. Very cheeky. Um, but so he brings up something that I, I didn't notice, and that is uh, that the release date was missed twice. Having twice missed launch dates of December 2017 and July 2019 i.e. next month. This time around, the official launch date is March 2020. Although Atari is still not committing to that date, noting on its website, all dates are good faith estimates and subject to change due to unforeseen circumstances. So this is interesting because... because um, this, These are not good faith estimates. When the Atari, when the French Atari CEO, which I believe was, I think Infogrames bought Atari, so that's why they're French, because Infogrames is, is French. When he was on with British Jim, with Stuart, good old Stuart, your your buddy, um, he said on that late this year, early next year, right? 2020 isn't late this year, and March isn't exactly that early. early. I guess it's early ish. It, it would be end of first quarter. End of first quarter. But the point that Kier is making here in this very cheeky article, I love that word now, is that now you're dropping this date two and a half years later. And now, though, you've taken literally a few million dollars from people along the way. Yeah. And probably going to take more when you do more pre-orders. So um, we might as well read some of this article. Aside from the fact that Atari hasn't produced any hardware for some 20 years and only has access to its own back catalog of retro games, the VCS will offer the same specs as current game consoles at a time when the next generation of those consoles, which much higher specs, are due on the market. It's not wrong. Nope. 2020. This man is telling no lies. Um, the baseline VCS is supposed to come with 4 gig of RAM, 32 gig of, sto- uh, uh, of storage, an AMD Ryzen processor, an unspecified AMD Radeon graphics chipset, and will cost $250. It'll provide 60 frames per second in 4K resolution. If you want an 8 gig RAM box, the cost jumps to 280. And if you want Atari's controllers with it, an extra $110, 390. Is that true? Yes. It's 390 just to get the just to the, get everything to get the, the their their 
rebranded uh, gamepad and to get the joystick and the system. Holy shit! Yeah, when I mean, you can walk into. I mean, I mean, what is probably it? anywhere, but you can walk. I mean, Luna, for instance, it's like the prices just dropped again. I want to say the. I want to say PS4s are one ninety nine now, one eighty nine ninety nine. What, what's the cheapest I can get a new PS4 for and a new Xbox One? Cheapest? No idea, but I'm going to guess probably two fifty, maybe two hundred on sale. Perhaps by this and Christmas, I'm sure there will be bundles for new ones for two hundred. And this is going to cost minimum two fifty, and and really over three hundred if you want their crappy controller with the red thumb the pad red thumb fucking button. things. Um, so so he says this is worse. Cur- worst current specs. This is worse. This is worse than the current specs of the Xbox One and the PS4 for the same price. But come 2020, the new PS5 and newly announced yep. Xbox Project Scarlet will be on the market, offering 8K, 120 frames per second, more storage, and more RAM at the very least. As such, it makes absolutely no sense to buy an Atari VCS. In, and he links to his original article from July of 2017. Yep. In fact, Atari's entire concept of its new console seems confused, to say the least, which is what we said yep. after watching Stuart. The machine will run its own custom operating system, Atari OS, based on Linux. So the last part that I would bring up is, is uh, this is a good part. So the biz is even confused about its only market advantage, the Atari brand and styling from its atta- announcement this week. The legendary brand is keenly focused at Ether and the things that set Atari VCS apart. Um, well, you know, uh, this is what Atari said. Um, and the platform's performance capabilities while distancing the hardware from any lingering retro box impressions. Like the modern hardware that it lives on, the Atari VCS digital interface stands out with a striking and modern design, successfully taking inspiration from a vast and beloved heritage. Uh, and then he immediately goes to point out that they have not shown off the operating system or any of that. So, you know, we're just taking that on uh, their word that it's going to be striking. And this is things we've said, whichever way you cut it, the Atari VCS makes absolutely no sense. The company is completely untested when it comes to hardware. And in fact, Atari isn't a real company anymore. Yep. It's more of a marketing shell that owns Atari's intellectual property with a skeleton staff <laughs> and no games expertise. It's a virtual guarantee that the new VCS console will be buggy. I'll argue this. What are the odds this comes out at this point? I have no idea, honestly. Is it even money? One to one? And by the way, go to the register.co.uk and, and read... Uh, It'll link the article. Yeah, read, read Kieran's article. It's very good. He he's, goes into a bit more stuff. And that's that right. They, pr- they, over. And they, and they accused them of professional trolling. That's yeah, right. that's what I was talking so about. So that was Article 2. That was Article 2 because he had three. to pull up the... Uh, he pulled up the interview. Yeah, the, he oh, yeah, had he the, had the audio. Yes, so he, the he went through and yeah, completely reseated no everything. Sc- there's no screenshots um, of the operating system. But yeah, I don't know if this is... I mean... This is actually going to make it. Yes, I think it will. I, I think they have the money behind them to put out something shitty. I think that they're going to do bare minimum and release something. Well, they can't be bare. Well, yeah, but being that they have, they somehow got the deal. We didn't talk about this one. They announced it's going to be in GameStop and Walmart stores. If there's still GameStop stores a year from now, True. it'll be in GameStop stores. And it's going to be in Walmarts. They must have whoever they had to speak to the, the, the Walmart and GameStop buyers, the people that are responsible for getting the product on shelves. They must have really schmoozed them to for for Walmart to give yeah, up. Give that person a better job somewhere else because yes. they can apparently talk their ass. Wow! Off. Because for Walmart to say we are going to give up uh, space in our video game section that Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo have for real products people want real for, products <laughs> for a for a three hundred dollar retro console. 
that anyone walking by will look at this and be, what the fuck is this? This is going to be a repeat of basically looking at the Atari Jaguar sitting next to the PlayStation and the N64. Right? Like, that's basically what... I think you're giving this too much credit. But I'm saying that's what this is going to be. I know. I'm just saying, I think that... But the Jaguar had real games that were developed. Yeah. It may not be a... You know, and it was actually, you know, a system that stood out by itself. This is just... I'm waiting for the spicy exclusive where they announce uh, a, you know, uh, a special edition of Roller Coaster Tycoon for, like, the fucking fifth time. If they can get that Unreal Tournament 2004 Ultra Edition on there, I might be in. You'll be the the biggest VCS fan out there. What are you doing, Pat? Oh, I'm just playing Unreal Tournament on my Atari. Okay, Pat. I'll talk to you later. Well, Atari just published that. They they didn't... I think Epic still has the rights to that. Well, yeah, so I'm just saying... they did publish that. So that was the last time Atari was worth anything to me. It was 15 years ago. Oh, that's right. They did publish that. They did, but that was still like, I guess, Atari. That was Atari 2.0. This is like 3.5 yeah, that was or Info, 4. That was Infogrames Atari. Was that? That was Infogrames? I'm pretty you, sure. Yeah. That was 2004? Okay. Well, they did that. Or no, that might have been Has- I, I don't know. Whatever. Hasbro. They went through Hasbro first. I think that was, then, yeah. yeah. Well, I think we were in Atari 3.8 at this point. So anyway, um, so the closing statement is pretty good here. Uh, well, the closing couple paragraphs. Had Atari simply recreated the beloved Atari 2600 and charged $100 for it, it could have created its own ret- market, retro market, and made a top tidy profit. If it had been smart, it could have also opened up its games and encouraged a new generation of gamers and coders to develop new games for the console. Just look at the success of, of Roblox. I don't know what that is. What's Roblox here? Some online thing that kids do. Okay. Instead of what it's done is, is Spunk... Three million of its fans' money, you can tell it from the UK, on developing an underpowered, outdated, overpriced, overcomplicated console that will please no one and go nowhere. Here's the thing, Ian. If this doesn't come out, would there even be recourse for people to get their money back at that point? Well, it was Serendi Gogo, so I mean, I don't think so because they didn't need to provide a prototype. And I, you know, it sucks when this happens, but I, people constantly forget when you back something, you aren't purchasing something. No, you are backing something, and that is your reward for backing you it. Are, if it fails, it fails. You're not backing a guarantee. You're back. You're backing a promise. Yeah, that could be broken. A promise that something in good faith, hopefully, will come out. I'm not saying this is the uh, the laser a uh, razor scam thing from a couple years ago oh. <laughs> they have they, they want to come out with this if they don't come out with this atari's name will ever be dirt they might as well sell it to the fifth owner at that point i'll buy the atari i'll come out with the atari hat and speakers i don't ever, I know that ever came out the watch never came out though. remember the watch we talked about oh, yeah, that yeah. ever came out so um, uh, the hat with the speakers did that I, did i saw people wear oh that's it. right they yeah. were clearancing yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were, were clearing they were out sale yeah i should have bought one there must be other hats with speakers. They probably just rebranded it's them. Your pooping hat. Who would wear a hat? Is, is that is that the new like hat with beer beer uh, beer cans on the side with straws? The like, hat with beer cans was more practical. Yes, that's still around. Yeah, that was a Seaside Heights uh, a big thing in 1985, 86. That was a huge deal uh, back then because people were drinking on the boardwalk, getting drunk. Anyway, so uh, you know who's who's drunk with uh, with uh, good ideas? Atari coming out with the. Uh, the VCS, right? <laughs> oh, it's from the game store. All right, uh, Ian, 
Ian, do we have a tail from the game store? From the game store? I think we do. I broke the TV. <laughs> so I guess that could go kind of be a tail from the game store. Um, it had been uh, a day. Uh, it had been a week. Uh, I had a lot of like shitty kids in. Um, someone was trying to sell me uh, two games. I can't remember what games they were. They were it was like a sports game and like a Battlefield Three or something for for like a PS for like a three sixty. Yeah, it was like an old. And I was like, uh, and I looked and like GameStop is offering like ten cents or you know nothing for so them. And I was like two bucks, and the guy like freaked out on me. He was like two bucks. That's a fucking ripoff. And I was like, whoa, buddy. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I know it's not a lot of money, but GameStop won't even take these. And uh, he's like, you sell those games for five bucks here. Why can't I get, you know, f- you know, four bucks? I'm like, that's not how it works. So his brother called me a fucking asshole. And then I uh, yelled at them. Whoa, and, how, how old were these kids? Uh, they were like mid, uh, like mid teens, like 15, okay. 16. Um, and I just got pissed. So I just, I walked and I was yelling at them. <laughs> And I walked to the front door and I yelled at them as they walked down the street. Nothing impressive wow. or anything, but I was just very angry. I was like, no, I'm going to fucking make sure they know that they're shitty people. So I yelled at them as they walked down the yeah, street. My sure. Yeah, my sure. Go away. Go away, youngsters. Go away. Um, um, but I will I will say this. If you think Ian's making up these stories, you forgot to say this. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention this. Pat was present for a potential tale from the game store. I went to uh, the, the uh, Chula Vista location. Yep. Two, two locations, I'll call them Chula Vista, and to pick up the, the, the remaining stock of a certain NES guidebook because it's out of stock. You can pre-order third printer at ultimatenes.com. And I was in the back picking up the boxes. So Pat's in the back picking up boxes. And I hear a little bit of raised voices. So basically, while Pat's in the back getting the boxes, this dude comes in and... Uh, early 20s about, you want yeah, to say? Yeah, like early 20s, I would say. 23-ish. And uh, he comes in with a... He comes in and he's holding a bag. And... He looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Good morning. And he's he's friendly. He's like, hey, what's going on? And he goes, I've got this bag. Do you want me to put it on the counter? And I said, no, that's okay. I said, I'm not, I'm like, there's no games in the cases or anything. He's like, oh, okay, cool. So he's looking around and he picks up a couple of games and puts them down after like two, three minutes. It was very short, two minutes. And he puts the bag on top of it. Uh, he puts the games on the counter and he puts the bag up there. And he goes, I want to trade these in towards uh, these games. And okay. I'm like, sure. So I look through and I set aside like four games of his that I uh, can't take because they're too scratched. What type of games are they? They're PS2 games. Okay. Um, it was like two PS2 games and like two Wii games. And then I had a stack of probably about six games of his that I could take. So I was like, all right, so these are too scratched. I, I can't take these ones, um, but these I can take. Let me, let me look them up. And I go to sit down. I, I sit down and as I'm looking, I can see the guy just like fill with rage. He's just getting so fucking angry. And he looks at me and he's like, nah, screw this. They're too scratched bullshit. It's everything or nothing. Wow. And I was like, what? like it was just a turn. I, I still, to this day, I have no idea where that came from. And I was like, uh, all right, dude, I don't need your games then. 
take them. And he's like, fucking ridiculous. And he turns around. I said, then don't scratch your fucking games. And that's when Pat was like, I, walking out. my box. Out. I'm like, yeah, I look behind the curtain. I'm like, Pat walks out of his box. He goes, what was that? And I was like, I've just been open for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was literally beginning of the day. That was Yeah, within the first five minutes that happened. So, so, so. I, I still don't know why Ian works in retail for after all these years. It doesn't help his anxiety properly. But I, I know this exists because I've worked in retail. I know these are type of people. <laughs> yeah. But when you combine people that want money, they're not buying stuff. People that yeah. want money from your business and then get pissed when they're declined, it's going to create some weird moments. Yeah, it's obviously going to create weird moments. And just the fact that it's a, any sort of hobbyist shop, anything yes, that someone can get top. into, anything that someone can get into um, heavily, um, you know, that's going to attract certain people. I get really into certain things. I get really excited when I'm at record stores. But there's lots of reasons why this stuff is all very actually normal um, in retail, especially like a video game shop. I guarantee you a board game shop is the same way. I guarantee you that a pipe tobacco shop is the same way. Anything that just has people who are into like one specific thing. Do you think thing. people resell I, their, their tobacco pipes? No, but I've, I, I mean... trade I, them in? I go, to Rac- <laughs> I go to Racine and Laramie to get pipe tobacco every once in a while, so... Um, you smoke a pipe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To get pipe tobacco every once in a while. And there's interesting people there, too. Okay. Um, but they, they debate stuff and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't debate, know tobac- very... how to pack your tobacco properly. You do have to be. There's a art to pack. Is there different types of, of of pipes where like some the the, the blowholes different? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I have I have a nice pipe that I like, and I know what tobacco was. Was, like. was there a pipe war in the '90s, like the console wars, where there was like two sides that? I also have all of my grandfather's antique pipes. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's interesting. I don't know how my grandfather's anyway. So I was gonna say real quick though. I got real kerfluffled and flustered this week. And so it was towards the end of the day uh, on Friday. And I was getting real happy. I was, or Saturday, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm already at that point where I'm losing stuff. Like, I'm trying to get ready to go. But I'm like, okay, no keys. Where are the keys? Phone, where's the phone? Okay. Guy comes in with an N64. And I'm about to tell him, hey, man, I we don't buy anything from, you know, after 7 o'clock, because this was probably 7.30, 7.35. And, but he was, a, he was a customer that I recognized, and so I kind of stopped. And he goes, hey, can you test out this N64? He's like, it's not working for me. He's like, and I know, you know, what I should usually do. And I'm like, yeah, I can test out the N64 for you. Not a big deal. So I grab the game, and I grab the system, and I hook it up, and... It's it's dirty. It's, it's just dirty. Yeah, the game is real, real bad. Would you stop there and say your game's dirty? That's why it's not working. Well, yes, but I've got I'm clo- I've got twenty minutes, so I'm going to be helpful. I, like I said, the the, the okay. customers are regular, um, and I don't know why they would be having this issue with it. But I'm cleaning it. It's gross. Anyways, I clean it twice, stick it in. It works. It's fine. System works. So. I immediately in my head go back to finish in my head thinking about finishing up all my closing duties. I unhook the power cord, but I do not unhook the TV cord, the the AV cable from the from the front, from the back of the N sixty four of the back. But was it going in the front of the TV or the yeah, back? back of the TV? Okay. And I walked away, all whatever discombobulated, and was like, "All right, you're all set, no problem, take it easy." 
And he picks up the N64 and goes, thanks, and turns around to walk away with it. And the TV just comes fucking crashing to the ground. <laughs> they always talk about things happening in slow-mo. How big is this TV? Oh, not, I mean... 19-inch? Smaller than this. Like a 13-inch. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's, uh, okay, so it doesn't weigh that much. You could do this. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was terrifying. And the poor customer was so... They went just, like, like sheet white. And I was like, it's fine. It's not your fault. And they're like, oh, my God, I did that. I'm like, I'm the one who told you you could pick up the system and go. I was like... If there's fault involved, it's 75% Ian, at least, here. Yeah. 25% his. He had to have realized at some point that the cord is still attached oh, to something. He did. That's what I mean. Like, it was all in, like... It wasn't even it slow mo. It was freeze frame. Like he like second. He, he just, grabbed it. He just jank- No, he turned and goes, oh, no. And, like, I could see it, like... But I mean, as soon it's as he freaky. picked it up, he has to see that that the cord is running to the oh, TV. Oh, there's a lot of cords though on that counter. Usually, I mean, it's a. It... So he assumed maybe it was just a loose cord on the N64. I that know. I told him he could take it and go. He took it. And yeah, went. it's definitely you're you're definitely. Yeah. I said this is like a civil suit. You're at least seventy five percent liable. He's not a hundred. He's like maybe fifteen percent liable <laughs> yeah. here uh, for here. So um, so so it was, a, it was a nice little thirteen inch though. Yeah, CRT. So I destroyed it, and I had to call Treg, uh, you know, right before closing. And well, you can pick another one up somewhere. Right? You had probably another one in the back. He got another and dropped it off. At that, this right? point, you had a stockpile of CRTs. They're like gold. Oh no, it's not a CRT. Oh, a flat screen. Oh, a flat screen. How did it break? A flat screen was just it smashed. It the front? fell like fucking three feet off the counter. <laughs> oh, it's a flat screen. Who cares then? I so, thought it was a little CRT that could have potentially killed like a small small child. No, no, we can't test the CRTs anymore because then we couldn't test any of the modern consoles. All right, it was one of those little. Okay, you know, those are cheap. They're yeah, like it looks fifty like a, bucks. The, 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 it was eighty, but yeah, that, you have eighty. What, what, five, you, L, L, L. Still, you don't want to yeah. go throwing TVs on the ground if you can avoid it. No, I, I, like I said, you're at fault. I would dock your pay. That's what I would definitely do if you if you if you destroy the obscenely expensive. Uh, see you, Pakistan 9000. There's going to be hell to pay. Well, luckily, Treg does not dock my pay. <laughs> I was going to say, you, oh, this, this is what I would recommend, Ian. Mm. Why is there not a poster when you walk in? Sort of like a dentist sort of poster with like Mr. Q-Tip saying, have you tried cleaning your games? Like a smile. <laughs> because what did that solve? No. 90% of the, of the queries you get asked? No, because so many people come in, they're like, I tried to clean, the, like, they'll buy some, something, and they'll be like, I clean the games like you said, and then I'll take the game, and I'll clean it, and it's dirty as shit. People Still do- have the poster, so when people walk in, it's on their mind, and maybe they won't ask you, how do I clean my games, or... Just have Mr. Q-Tip. Get Mr. Someone draw Mr. Q-Tip for Ian, with a smiley face saying... You know, the, it's Mr. Q-Tip holding Q-Tips and a Menda bottle on the other side saying, have you cleaned your games today? Almost like, have you brushed your teeth today? But it's Mr. Q-Tip. It's like clerks. I will commission that. How much that. is this? It doesn't matter how much, how much you, how many things I, you Mr. put Mr. Q-Tip should be a thing, I think, at all retro game shops. I will, I will, this will be my mascot, Mr. Q-Tip. Mm-hmm. We'll have plushies, we'll have t-shirts. Mr. Q-Tip holding Q-Tips with a smile and a Menda bottle. That's what that's what it should be. <laughs> All right. So that was our Tales from the Game Store. See, we got we got like 10 minutes out of that. 11 minutes. You say, oh, we're not going to do one. I'm like, there's got to be one done every every at least three weeks or else there's going to be a riot, I think, with, with the people out there. There's got to be some good come out of you working at Luna Video Games, you know, besides your anxiety from working at Luna Video Games. We have to have something positive happen from it. Well, you, you make people happy playing old video games, I think. 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patreon poll topic, Ian. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You know I bully you into saying this all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you can all get... Ian gets his, his writings, half his writings about, about some sort of food that he's either consumed or, or created or talked talks about. Uh, <laughs> what he talked about? Yahtzee app about a month ago. Yep. Uh, on there. He talks about... And then uh, we have our Patreon poll topic. And Ian's hangout. How did your, how did your hangout go on Sunday? Went well. Went well? Yes. You can, you can see how Ian looks uh, before noon. Besides, well, right now. I was anyway, going to say, you always see how I look before well, noon. Um, in third place, Ian's, this is not going well for your topic. 14%. Remove the film off game consoles or let it be? Only 14%. <laughs> That's gone. We tried it. Uh, ne- wow. Neck and neck at 42 and 44%. At 42%, why is the term doesn't weigh age well problematic with video games? I really wanted that one to win. I can go off on that. Uh, what And then at first place, 44%, what unlicensed NES games would have been good if Nintendo had made them? Dudes with Attitude slash Trolls with Treasure Island. I swear there's a good game in there somewhere. It's a puzzle it, game. Yep. It needs to not look like shit. It, it, needs, it needs some charm so, around so, it. I think Dudes with Attitudes, what did I give that review? I think, did I review that one? I'll go to a certain app. Um, so it's a puzzle game. Where the pieces move back and forth from the outer edge to the, the middle, and then you change the color of the guy to to remove those colored blocks by hitting these little little uh symbol color symbols. So like yes. you hit him, you turn him uh, green, then you bounce to the green guys and yes. eliminate him. Then you hit the red one, you bounce to the red bricks and eliminate him. It's it's puzzle slash really action. It's yeah, like, it's, it's it's there's a lot of timing to it more than anything is. Uh, you know, flipping your colors when you're supposed to. Um, oh, I got to read down. I have, the, I have the beta version on my phone for the upcoming re-release. But I like I that. Download it. And yeah. then, as far as that, any another one, um, I would go with Mermaids of Atlantis. Mermaids so the, of Atlantis actually has a fairly decent it's a, it's a idea behind bubbles. it. It's another puzzle game. It's a it's a it's a, a pit puzzle game. I don't know. Uh, but the bubbles rise, and you rotate them, and you have to connect the bubbles. And pu- it's, it's a perfectly serviceable puzzle game. I actually like it. Um, once again, though, it's just really rough around the edges because of the third-party nature of it. And actually, or, uh, unlicensed. That was actually rebranded from Bubble Bath Babes. It came out first. Yep. You rebrand a, a, an adult game. That's interesting. I don't have the app open on me. i got to re-download the app. Ian, how if Nintendo would have done Wally Bear in the No Game? You think they would have pulled it off with like using like Toadstool or using uh, Yoshi for which one? Wally Bear in the No Game. Oh, <laughs> how would Nintendo have had their anti-drug game come come to fruition in, in your mind? There, I don't know. That's a good question. Would you work in some Doctor Mario puzzle like eliminate the the yeah. dr- drugs or pop your own pills? Well, I mean, Toby. So you could have a, a Koopa in there to replace Toby Turtle. Okay. Uh, and, this is a turtle. Yep, and you could have. Um, so what is there? The fox. There's the fox. Nabbit. There's the bear in there to be the rabbit. Okay. Uh, and Nabbit could be charged with stealing pharmaceuticals from Doctor Mario. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm going to say Toad has to go and get them back. I'm re-downloading my app right now so I can look up all the unlicensed games. What about any of the the, the tension games? Oh, whoa, RBI Baseball. If that was an NES release, they would have. They would have put on some NES characters on there. But there, there, that would have been great. There, there was a first party RBI release. Yeah, uh, there was went... a there was a licensed RBI release. Okay, but then it went third. Okay. Just, fine, don't go with my premise that could could have <laughs> talked about for two minutes, Ian. Just blow it up. Okay. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna look up here everything once my app gets going here. Unlicensed games, game search. 
You got to be able to think one from the top of your head. Well, most well ninety percent, eighty percent is 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 license on the NES. Eighty five percent is is about license. So, Tension, Color Dreams games, bunch games, Wisdom Tree games, um, ABE games, American Game Cartridge Inc. games. Those are the unlicensed companies, and I'm missing one there. Um, let me let me just search unlicensed here. Ian, God, right. Jesus, get sna- snappy with me here. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm surprised that the Nintendo guy does can't think. I'm of tired, that. Ian. Uh-huh. I was up till one thirty mm-hmm. last night. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna do the list view. Okay, all right. There's 95 unlicensed games. Um, so it's actually uh, we had a te- we had a Tetris one, so that that did pretty well. Um, I'm trying to see one that would have been not like a Rolling Thunder because that's. S- Semi license. <laughs> that was a real. Yeah, I don't feel like the Tengen carts really count. They don't count. They don't count there. Would Nintendo have done their own Operation Secret Storm? They would have done their own uh, uh, Desert Storm release. I doubt that would have happened there. Um, how Grade about twenty twenty? How about a, how about a Nintendo uh, uh, Micro Machines? That would have done. That would have done Gangbusters. I mean, that one actually sold very well because it was on you know Shop at Home. I think it was on QVC Micro Machines. So that actually did well. Yeah, I mean that uh, was the that was the one release that actually that they did that. Uh, you know, they, they, they kept they kept doing. I mean the Micro Machines. Uh, they stopped trying to do Linus Spacehead after the uh, Genesis, but you know Micro Oof. Machines is still being made today. Oh, they're still doing that. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find one that would be would fit some sort of like um, mascot or something that Nintendo could do a twist on. Because a lot of it are like double strike. It's just like a generic shooter. That's not going to work. How about Big Nose the Caveman? Big Nose the Caveman? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's like Joe and Mackish already. <laughs> what about Super Robin Hood? Super, oh, from from the Quattro games? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. God. How about Captain Comic? Honestly, Captain Comic always because the DOS version is kind of fun. I used to play the DOS version. That's actually a game that I think has a pretty good game hiding underneath it. Hiding underneath it, so I got two and a half stars. I think that's probably a a good call, actually, Captain Comic. Okay, they wouldn't do Blackjack. They wouldn't do Bible Adventures. Baby Boomer, the 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 NES version of Baby Boomer. That's what we want. Gumshoe. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on, Ian. You have, you have like, uh, you're shooting like uh, things that are going to hit Baby Yoshi or Baby Toadstool in front of him. That could have been that something. that could have been something. Yeah. Uh, let's see. No Action 52. It's, it's slim pick is when it comes to the unlicensed stuff that you think Nintendo could turn around. Pest Terminator, the Western Exterminator. You know what's funny about this? Uh, whenever I, w- I would visit um, my ex at her, at her condo, there was always the... the uh, Pest Terminator guy, like because it's a real exterminator company. There was a van sitting outside. So I think I'm going to work for that company. There, which escapes me at the top of my head which one it is, um, what company it is. But he, he has the same, you know, with with the top hat. He's he's hiding the mouth behind his back to crush rodents, I guess, because that's that's cute. All right, we're running, we're running out of steam here. Uh, I think he did fine with Captain Comic. With Captain Comic, yeah. that's that's the one. I think that was a good there's, one. There's not going to be a Nintendo first party Sunday Fun Day the ride. You're not going to get Tiles of Fate, most likely. Because uh, that's kind of like, what is that? It was like a Mahjong. Shanghai. Oh, Shanghai. I don't know. There's going to be Mahjong. Don't tell me. Don't care. Shanghai uh, don't is care. the uh, solitaire. Okay. I mean, being happy with less info is what, not good. What would be the Raid 2020 NES version? That's an anti-drug one, though, kind of. That, that wouldn't happen as well. All right. Well, thanks for the thanks for the Patreon uh whole topic there we got Pole some top. we got some miles there and i have a feeling next time it might be the problematic uh 
uh, doesn't age well one. All right, uh, Q&A time. Do one. On the CU podcast, we'll do one. We'll do one. This is from, remember, we're not going to do a podcast for like a, about nine days. Well, let's do it. This is from Chuck. I don't, it just says Chuck. I don't have the, the uh, Twitter name. Why do YouTubers create personas and act as those characters instead of their true selves? Um, I mean, I don't know. But my, my take on it is uh, there's a couple of reasons why. One, these people want to be liked, so they have to act a character out that doesn't have their faults. It, that's what you have to do on the you know on the big stage. So they want to be like YouTube stage, yeah, the big YouTube or stage. Twitter stage or excuse me Twitch stage. Yeah, so Streaming. I mean, obviously, when, when you're doing this sort of thing for uh, you know whatever it is, money, a business, you need people to like you. Um, you need to be attractive to them. You you need to be. There needs to be good reasons for them to want to be your friend. Friend, so they're going to act as an oversized version of themselves online. Uh, the other one is, uh, honestly, some some YouTubers are private, and having that sort of uh, persona um, is sort of a, I don't know, uh, a defense mechanism. Um, but then there's other YouTubers uh, who use their personas to take advantage of people. I, I mean, we certainly don't have any examples of that. In There's no one that's done, like, five videos on me in the past six months that we can bring up. Oh, uh, I was thinking of someone else, but yeah, that person too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, there's, there basically my, my saying is well, my, my thing here is not ha- having a persona is not always bad if you're using it to try to separate work from real life. But I think a lot of times it, bl- it, it gets out of control. Well, this is performance art. Sure. Podcasting in a way is performance art radio. Um, this, we're putting on a performance in, in some, aspects it's not really necessarily a persona but we're putting on a performance uh yeah there's a difference between performance and persona sure uh but when you have to embody a character to appeal to a certain audience that's well that's why you're doing it because it's always about market share and and garnering an audience and there was there was a, a cnn did an article about you know the rise of the angry youtube gamers and things like that in the past year we've seen it past year and a half about it and even the people came out and said some of the people said like no i'm not like this in real life necessarily but this is how i know people will watch my stuff right i have to pretend i have to stand out i gotta pretend to be angry about shit in order to capture that audience because yeah. unfortunately there is that audience yep uh, there, there's one that exists there's one that you probably people get get pulled into but people know that these audiences exist because they see other people doing it um, before it was the angry, you know, originally it was just like the angry YouTube reviewers where people saw James doing it and you had the irate gamer copy him and you had other people, you had the, um, what the fuck was that other one? There was a, like, you know, a handful of angry gamers back in like 2006, seven, eight, that were people, uh, knew about the game dude. That was the other one, uh, that, that was back then. So that was that was the, an act though you can tell that was an act that was a performance sure. but now you have people doing commentary and doing game reviews where they become a character um whether it's uh you know jim sterling uh doing like a wrestling character and he's sitting in front of a podium um whether it's people um pretend to be a pro gamer uh, and and that's their persona uh there it's it's because they have to attract an audience and it's not necessarily that they're that they're 
they couldn't attract an audience being themselves, but it's more of a guarantee that if you put on an act, you're going to attract an audience. Dr. Disrespect is a, it looks like a goofball because it attracts an audience. There's, you know, he, he knows that, Hey, there's tons of streamers out there. I'm going to put on sunglasses, a mustache, a fucking wig, and pretend I'm from the 1980s, and people are going to be, this is different, this is cool, and it worked for him. And then he goes into bathrooms at and E3. Then he, and then he went and, and films. refilmed inside bathrooms. But he'll be fine. The point is this, I'm not trying to knock the guy, he found a formula and it worked. But him being himself may not have worked. And that's with anything. That's It's performance art at that point. That's what it is. It's not to knock people that do it, uh, but it's just the reality is that they have to do that. The only issue, though, is that if you attract an audience for a certain reason, maybe you're you're the angry gamer guy, or 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 maybe um, you're the guy that's always critical of, of something out there. Once you have established a certain set audience, it's very hard then to do a one eighty or separate yourself from from that audience that you've created and nurtured. Sure, yeah, and, and I've seen that before with people. Yep, where it's like, oh. I don't know why my audience reacted to me doing this certain video. Well, it's like, well, you've done under other angry videos before criticizing uh, a certain sort of aspect. And now that you've kind of uh, shied away from that and your audience is mad of it, maybe because that's the audience you attracted. Yeah. You've grown up with that audience. They're the ones that support you. You can't all of a sudden divorce yourself from the audience and expect it to be okay. You sort of, sort of make your bed lie. You attract it. a shitty audience. They're going to be shitty people to you eventually. They're not, they're not potentially, just, they're not just being nice to you or you can, they, they won't turn against you, but you know, then you have to cater to an audience. Right. Yeah. There's one of those. And That's what's gotten weird. us into quote unquote trouble is that we don't cater uh, with our stuff. If we catered, we would, could be as big as angry gamers. We know what we could say to guard an audience, but we have what's called integrity. So we, we say what's more on our minds and what we want and really what our true opinions and values are, which usually don't waver to what an audience might want to hear, unfortunately. And there are certain audiences that are on Twitter versus Facebook versus YouTube versus podcasts. There are entirely different swaths of people that sure. gravitate towards certain platforms. And what works towards one may not work for another. Yep. Not saying there aren't people on YouTube. Obviously, there's people on YouTube that enjoy our content, but there's also people on YouTube that enjoy other types of content that we won't cater to, uh, towards as well. And that's just the reality of how this the business works. So when people uh, say like, "Oh, you know, why why is uh, you know uh, the channel isn't growing or you're losing subscribers because uh, people spotlight your pain?" It's like, well, that's expected. Expected at some point. It just is. And you got to be cool with that. Or else you just start pandering and create a fake persona. And then you see your views go up, but then you have no soul eventually. No soul. Because like I said in that article, people were like, yeah, this isn't really me. If it's not really you and you're putting out content that doesn't contain your values, I couldn't live myself doing that personally. Maybe you can, I can't. Yeah, that, that's, uh, kind of, so that's kind of what I'm saying. You like, do what you do to get by, obviously. I'm not judging that, but I couldn't live myself doing that. Yeah. There's a persona... That keeps you separate from, you know, work and business, or f- separate from life. And then there's just this fucking out-of-control, rageaholic persona. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, yeah, going to bite you in the ass. All right. All right. Um, that's it for the CU Podcast. Again, I'll be at Too Many Games this weekend. Going to get friendlies? Oh, God, am I going to get friendlies? <laughs> Is that even a question? The friend- there's a friendlies about, like, 
six minutes from my parents' house. Nice. Roughly. There's one. I'm like, that's fate. So last year I showed up about five minutes before they were closing. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. And I was just asking. I even asked, like, is this a franchise? How does this work? Like, I think some are owned by the corporate and some are franchises. I think that was a franchise. And I'm looking at Friendlies. I'm like, God, they got to – I don't know. They know they've closed a ton of them. They'll always have some that survive yeah. in certain areas. But Yeah, I, I heard there was a whole bunch of ones that just closed again recently, which is crazy because like four years ago, I think we were talking about one that was about to open or something. Well, it was like the, it was like the high-tech Friendlies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember? Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, we got USB chargers at our tables. <laughs> we're stepping into the late 2000s now. But, but the Friendlies I went to, yeah, it, it, the decor was out. The few that I've been to when I go back to the ones in Jersey and Pennsylvania – they haven't been updated since like the, the early like eighty three. Well, someone told the, me that the last one in Buffalo closed down, and that's funny to me because I did not know there was a last one left in Buffalo to close. This is becoming a friendlies conversation. How many friendlies are left in, in, in here? F R I E N D L Y friendlies in the summertime. I'm going to guess there's about seventy five left in the U S. But let's just see uh where to buy menu locations and you can it's right you can go into stores if you go to the east coast there's friendly's ice cream stocked yeah so it's like carvel looks like there's probably uh, between 80 and 100 i'm trying to let's see how to put in my zip code my old zip code there used to be one about 15 minutes away and boy did i take that for granted as as a kid yeah even in my 20s i took that for granted in new jersey there are how many left in jersey there's only three left Three. Metuchen, Clark, and Old Bridge. At some point, there probably used to be about 25. Sure. Probably like 25, 30 years ago. There's three left in Jersey. Is that right? Or is it within a certain mileage of me? That can't be right. There's got to be more than I'm three. I'm looking at this map. It looks like there's a lot more. There's got to be more than three in Jersey. Yeah, I'm looking at the same thing. Okay, I'm, I'm, I apologize. There's more than three. Apparently, there's three in Florida. Oh, Okay. There's a, there's a couple in South Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, it's there's a, none in Canada. We haven't broken through there yet. I want a Reese's Cup. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Sunday? Yeah. Okay, sorry. In Jersey, there's about, looks like 15 to 20 left at least. Okay. There's a decent amount left. There's probably over 100, it looks like. Or about 100. Okay. But they're closing still. Stay with us, friendlies. There's a ton on Long Island. Well, we're going to be in Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, we will be Long in Long Island. Island. Retro Gaming Expo. <laughs> what do you think I was yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah, the weekend of August 10th and 11th. We're going to be there. Absolutely. Come come see us. Uh, there's any in Maine? <laughs> We're just talking about friendlies now. There's a few in Maine. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a handful in Vermont. There's about seven in Vermont. There's, there's actually not a huge amount in New York besides Long Island. Uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey, that's where they're at. Couple couple in uh, Maryland, it looks like. Couple in Delaware. I always forget Delaware is a state. We all do. And so, and any in Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, there's some in Rhode Island. Yeah, I can't remember if I've actually ever been in Rhode Island before. Oh, I'm sorry, this is going off the rails. So, anyways, oh, that uh, was a good podcast. <laughs> the whole point is this: I'm going to get the the small, not the large, peanut butter cup Sunday. I don't care that it's only fifty cents more. I can't eat it. I can't eat the large anymore. It's 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 ridiculous. It's massive. Peanut butter cup Sunday is, might be the best thing ever. I have gift cards. Someone sent me gift cards in the mail last year. I'll bring that. Nice. So that'll be a too many games. Uh, if, if, you, if you're part of the crew, the 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 all you can eat sushi crew. If you're lucky enough to be part of the all you eat, all you can eat sushi slash friendly's ice cream crew, maybe Pat will treat you this year. We'll see. All right, for uh, for Ian first, for me, I'm Pat Contrary. We're gonna get going, and we'll see you later. Bye.